This is Reese Davis, and you're listening to the Galloway Podcast. Welcome into the Galloway Podcast, episode 71. I'm your host, William Galloway. Today is Monday, April 5th, 2021. Today's podcast is brought to you by WD Marketing Group. It's a Tuscaloosa, Alabama-based marketing firm focused on helping small and local businesses with all their digital, social media, and traditional marketing needs. WDMG has helped clients in a wide variety of industries surpass sales and growth goals while maintaining true brand identity for the client. Folks, your business is too valuable not to market. Let them help you. You can find WD Marketing Group on the web at www.wdmarketinggroup.com. Check out my friends at WD Marketing Group, the presenting sponsor of today's podcast. Folks, getting started here, it's a little bit different of an episode today. Our hearts are very heavy at the loss of life of our our and my close personal friend, Luke Ratliff, passed away Friday um, just suddenly from COVID-19, just a horrible, horrible situation. We were really close friends. I've gotten to be around and uh, pray with and for his family this weekend. Just a horrible, horrible situation. So doing things a little bit differently here on episode 71. I'm talking with Roger Myers. Roger was also very close with Luke Ratliff, also known as Fluffopotamus. He was 23 years old. He was the a senior student from Wadesboro, North Carolina, set to graduate this summer with a major in public relations. He just lived life to the fullest. He loved Alabama basketball. He was a super fan. He was a friend. Um, and most importantly, he was just a loving, caring individual for everybody he encountered. And whether that was in the student section, at a baseball game, on the street, traveling the SEC, if you met Luke in person, you had a wonderful interaction with him because that's just the type of person he was. So on today's podcast, we're honoring Luke by sharing memories and sharing stories. I'm talking with Roger Myers, an extended conversation about stories, about memories, about things that we shared and what we had in common and what we learned from Luke and just talking about the way that he lived life and challenged us and made our friendships grow and all these things. So there's no what's new. There's no around Alabama athletics. After the conversation with Roger, I'm going to play you some bits and pieces of a podcast that Luke came on earlier. It was episode four um, of this Galloway podcast. Some of my favorite clips and bits that'll make you laugh, might make you cry, just that kind of embody who Luke was. And so without further ado, Here's my conversation with Roger Myers. It was one of the tougher conversations we've ever had. It's genuine. It's heartfelt. We share some laughter, a little bit of tears. Um, just this is so hard. There's no way to do this. There's no way to script this, and there's no perfect way to do a podcast to commemorate someone's life. But he was a dear, dear friend, and I want to share these memories with you through podcast form. Um, and so here we go, my conversation with Roger Myers about our dear, personal, close friend who we love so much and miss, Cameron Luke Ratliff. I'm joined now on the Galloway Podcast uh, by Roger Patrick Myers. Roger, thank you so much for joining. Obviously, not great circumstances, uh, but I just wanted you to come on here and share some stories. Obviously, you and I knew Luke very well, and we had the fortune of, of sharing plenty of memories with him, whether it was basketball, baseball, road trips, I mean, wherever it was, dinners, 
Um, he was just a wonderful, wonderful friend, and we miss him dearly. I want to ask you, first of all, um, this weekend was very tough. How are you doing, and uh, where were you when you got the news on Friday? Oh, I'm, I'm doing okay. I, um, like you, we were discussing earlier, you kind of departmentalize things and compartment, whatever, however you say it. And I've um, been around a lot longer than you have, so obviously I've dealt with a lot more with death. So I mean, I had a had a wife that died, and both parent, both both parents, both sets of grandparents, an older brother, a younger sister. So it's um. It's a young person. It's never easy, and it's just kind of, kind of disbelief, really. And I know, imagine being, being you got your age and your 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 friend group's age, and when something happens to somebody like to anybody, but particularly somebody like Luke, that was, I mean, I call him the Pied Piper. You know, he's just like he just drew followers wherever he went. Right. Just his personality was as large as he was, or larger, and it was just you know somebody that you looked at that never never seemed to have a bad day although we we know everybody does but he just brightened everybody else's day and the things he was able to to do and figure out at such a young age is, is just astonishing to me uh, but to go back to your question i was i had actually texted with luke on friday afternoon to see if he needed a ticket for the baseball game friday night he answered me at 12.55 p.m., no, I don't, thank you. I didn't think he would think more about it. I figured that meant he got a student ticket and that we would see him that night. And then as the game went on, we um, never did see him, didn't see him out in the outfield, and he never came up. <clears throat> about um, right as the game ended, 9-9, you know, right around that time, 9-9-15, um, Hunter Letson looked at me and said, what's up with Luke? I went, well, I Talk, texted with him today. He told me he didn't need a ticket. And he goes, no, no, look at Twitter. Uh, his mom and um, and Coach Oates have have tweeted about needing prayers for, for Luke. And it just kind of went from there. And then you were involved. And then I called Hunter Johnson. And Hunter said it's bad. Or I think we texted him. And then I, I think we talked as well. And it's like he's in the hospital. You know, it's, it doesn't look good. And then uh, apparently Reagan uh, from r r was at the hospital at some point. And so his his tweets and then just some other people, Mariah, I think, I guess she was at work and she was kind of relaying messages over Twitter and texting with people. And um, it just, I mean, eight hours after I texted with him, he was gone. And I didn't... I didn't know anything was wrong. You know, he didn't say I'm in the hospital or I'm feeling bad. I'm going to the hospital. So I don't, I hadn't really got the timeline exactly right. And talking to his mom this weekend at the memorial uh, service, she mentioned that he had tested negative three times with the rapid test. I don't know if that was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or when, or what, what three days. But as you know, I mean, he had said he, he was not feeling well and he thought he was just worn out from the, all the travel and um but did you know did get tested and don't not sure how what happened from there um yeah it was it, uh, it was a pain COVID or it was just pneumonia or, or a boat combination of the two they kind of go hand in hand 
a lot of the time. So. Yeah, it's it's still very fresh, obviously, and and the wound for his close friends, obviously, his family is still open, going to be open for a very long time. Uh, Friday, I was in contact with Norman Crow, one of the basketball managers, and he was it was kind of the same thing. It was like, are you seeing these tweets? Do you know what's happening? And I, you know, I'm very close, was very close with Luke. Fortunately, had the opportunity to be really close friends with him. Reagan was his best friend from R and R, I think, in Tuscaloosa, and. Um, Everything, as, as you said, it, you know, it happened as it happened. Friday night after work, I was anchoring, and that was the hardest sports cast I've ever had to do. Um, you did a job, by the way. I can't believe you put together like you did. Thank you. It was, uh, it was tough. And then I got a text from Matthew Travis and said, hey, come to R&R. Luke's parents are here. His younger brother's here. And we're just sitting on the porch sharing stories. So I had um, – since he sent me that text, I walked over there. We were, his, his mom was there, gave her a long hug, just said, I loved their family, uh, loved him so much and was, was there for them in that time. And we, we shared stories. We laughed. Uh, there were about 15 people there. Hunter Johnson came by till about probably two, two fifteen in the morning. Um, and, and we got up and we left and, and she said that was what they needed. That's what she needed in that moment. It was so fresh and it was just so hard still is. Um, but Roger, I want to ask you, because obviously you knew him personally as well. Luke told me, I think this was a year or two ago, you have, you have your seats there at the baseball games and Luke had a wristband. He had one of your wristbands, but he had a student ticket in the outfield. And I said, uh, I said, Luke, you got that from Roger, right? He goes, yeah. And I said, well, how do you get, how do you go down there and sit with Roger? I mean, I'd interact with him. I know him pretty well. I don't know him, you know, I didn't know you as well as I know you now. And, uh, he said, it's pretty, pretty easy. Yeah, there's two steps to go sit with Roger. I was like, okay. And he said, step one, go sit next to Roger. Step two, don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> but um, talk about the relationship you had with him. I mean, from all the interactions, basketball, baseball, all over the place, you guys were <laughs> thick as thieves, the biggest gumps um, that I know. Well, I, I first, I've told people when I first encountered Luke, through Twitter, like I guess most people did. And then um, I guess probably his freshman year, and he's just kind of like Cameron. Who's this Cameron kid? You know, Cameron Luke Ratliff. And I said, he's funny. And kept reading. And then through mutual people, maybe Hunter, maybe Hojo, I'm not sure, but he started showing up to the tailgate uh, on Saturday mornings. And it kind of got to be a um, – you know, we'd be all set up and getting going. It'd be fairly early, and I'd look down the sidewalk, and here comes Luke strolling with his big stogie coming down the sidewalk, and it just, like, it just always, I always lit up when I saw him. It's like I barely, barely knew him at the time. I remember he came over, and um, early on, and I think it was, uh, it must have been the Ryder Cup or the World, uh, the President's Cup, one of those golf matches, and I know he's a big Tiger guy, and I was a big Tiger guy, and, uh, but he wanted to, he wanted to watch the golf, so we made sure to put one of the TVs on the golf. And um, after that, it's just, you know, he started coming every week. And then when basketball started, I, I'd see like, oh, there's, there's Luke. Or, you know, and it's, and um, just kind of grew from there. And then um, I guess that spring, once baseball started, uh, just kind of the same little kind of group. He just, you know, it's, you know how he is. It's just like, people were drawn to him and it was just like he was just one you know one of the people was that and when he implemented his two-step policy of one sit with <laughs> roger two don't leave I, I think that might have been 
but he wouldn't leave because he would have to go back out and take care of the outfield too. But, he had to go drink his six Budweiser's in the outfield. Right. He'd drink three and then come in and sit a while and then have have a few drinks down in the clubhouse club level and then then go finish his Budweiser. But um, yeah, he, you know, and as as he got more more and more well known, it was just guy. Kind of, I think it's pretty easy for him just to go wherever he wanted to. Yeah, yeah. He, but, he, no, nobody was slowing him down. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, but it was, you know, you know him as a. 23 year old or well, you know you've known him three probably since he was 20 19 or 20 and and it's like i mean i'm a 60 year old and sitting and talking to him is like talking to an adult and i mentioned that to pound saturday at the, his mom at the thing i said you know luke's just got an old soul and she said he always has he um he said my friends used to say he was the only kid in, kid in town that had all adults at his birthday parties growing up <laughs> because because that was you know that was who who was on his level i guess as far well, yeah as, i mean because uh, his buddies were were you you know reagan uh for, I mean, plenty of college friends like me but he would hang out with brian uh he would hang out with hunter i mean all these people hunter letson hunter johnson all these people were just you know he that's who he'd spend his weekends with um yeah yeah and i um, mean you know i'd we we our our times together were more at the tailgate and in ball in ball games and stuff. I'm I'm not a big bar guy these days, so you know I didn't 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 get in on that part of it. But it I mean it was just anytime you could be with him or around him, it was just such a joy. It just brought so much energy and and good times and laughter and smile. Yeah. One one of my favorite. Right, an intelligent conversation. Um, brilliant a brilliant guy and and one thing i heard uh coach hodgson say today is he never talked x's and o's with the basketball coaches he was a basketball guru but he never was going to sit there and give them coaching advice i mean he's not a he's not a player's parent he's a he's a student and he knew his job was to be a student and to be loud and to get after the other team and that's what he did so well one thing um one thing that stands out to me about luke one of the greatest stories is we're in arkansas this past year Horrible game, got robbed on the free throw shooting, but that really doesn't matter. And uh, Luke tweeted, he said, I'm scared for my life to get out of here. They were, uh, they were yelling, Arkansas fans like, hey, big guy, uh, you up front, go sit down, you shut up, and uh, all this stuff. And he turns around and he looks at him and he's like, oh, piss off. Like, I don't care. You know, he, he had that personality of like, you couldn't shake him, you know? And, uh, and he, but he gets so into it, so angry, yelling at, at, Doug Shows and everybody at the game pulling for the tide, uh, just being the super fan that he was. But the buzzer sounded, we lost, and uh, the usher comes up to us, and she says, "Are y'all with the team?" We're like, "Yeah, you know, sitting with the players, family, stuff like that." And she said, "All right, well, here's the exit. Y'all need to go this way." And Luke turns and he looks at the usher, and he says, "Thank you so much, ma'am. I really appreciate it. You have a wonderful night. Thank you for the job that you've done um, here. We'll, we'll we'll head out right now." And I was frustrated. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want some usher telling me to get out of the stadium. I was, you know, we were mad and he was mad too, but he, he was so genuine and cared about people so much that he would flip that switch and he would, he had that polite Southern charm. Uh, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. No, sir. And in an instance like that, it didn't matter that we lost the game. He was being himself. Right. I don't know if I heard coach, I heard Bruce Pearl on one of the jocks shows this morning. And they ask him about it, and and I'm not a big Pearl fan by any means, but he he kind of won me over today. He said, he said, um, you know, he said, 
their arrival, I want to beat them worse than anything. He said, but goodness, he said, that kid, he said, he brought so much energy and passion. And he said, he, you could hear him giving, yelling at us and, and border, uh, with borderline um, inappropriate things, he said. He said, but once that game was over, it was over. He said, and then we're taking pictures, we're telling stories, we're laughing. Said he, he said, that's what, that's what college athletics and college students should be all about. He said, he, he said, well, you know, obviously, he said uh, that he, had, he admired, he said, you know, I, I'm, I'm Auburn, I hate Alabama because they're our rival. We want to be the worst anything. That doesn't mean I don't admire and, uh, Herbert Jones and John Petty and Alex Reese and the jobs they've done. It doesn't mean I don't admire Nate Oates. I've already talked about how great a job he's doing. He said, but he said, and a kid like that, he said, I can't help but love him. Yeah. And his family uh, gave money, has given money to the, um, to the GoFundMe. And then Frank Martin and Tom Crean and Andy Kennedy. and Yeah, his uh, footprint and this impact, it's way beyond Tuscaloosa. And that's what blows my mind uh, is people cared about him, not for what he did, but for who he was and the way he treated them. Right, right. And he was, you know, part of, I mean, he's such a large personality but a large person, but like somebody that to me, I mean, I've thought about this. Somebody looked like me or you doing the same thing. Nobody would ever give it a second thought. It's just his, I mean, he just glowed. His aura. He had an aura to himself of yeah. just this character. Right. And he embodied it. And that's who he was. Yeah. Um, I, I talked to Laura Rutledge earlier today and she was just, she's just devastated. She said, I still can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's just so unfair. And, you know, she said, uh, he said, she obviously ran into him a time or two. You know, there, uh, there was a picture today shared with, with uh, Laura sitting in front of Nate, I mean, uh, in front of Luke and uh, a few of the, few of the chaos people. And um, I sent it, it got sent to me. So I sent it to her and she was just like, I'm just so heartbroken. Um, she said, it just doesn't seem fair. And um so fine bomb was talking about him today on, yeah on, i mean he was all over the place and it still it still is he's going to be a legend here forever what what would you think right now and, and there's no thing no tangible thing we can put our hands on to say yeah this will this will accurately commemorate him because unless you knew him um there's really just no way you can't you can't put someone's life in a box at the end like that but what's something that alabama athletics because greg burns said there will be something done what's something that you think could be done to honor him and Gosh, I don't know. If, I, I saw a suggestion today of, of cut, uh, plaid, little plaid things on the uh, uniforms. Maybe, um, you know, I, I know you saw the golf, co golf team has put a little plaid ribbon on their hats for their match. Um, you know, I don't know if you can really take a seat away or, or you know, commemorize his seat in Coleman or because um, he never sat in it, he stood in it. Yeah, stood, stood, on. stood in it, stood on top of it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what they'll do. I mean, maybe a plaid jacket in the rafters, but you know, then that, then is that wimp or is that fluff? I mean, yeah. so. Well, let's you know, let's go through here, Roger, and just talk about briefly as we wrap things up who he was you know we can read his resume out on paper he was a pr major from wadesboro north carolina um but just a couple final thoughts because he had his his special needs brother noah he loved him so much cared for him more than he cared about alabama basketball and everybody knows he was passionate 
Uh, he was a family guy. He was going to, like I said earlier, he's going to be really proud of his degree. Um, he had job offers ready for him. Everybody wanted him to stay in Tuscaloosa. They were going to do whatever it took to keep him here. Um, but when you think of Fluff, what do you think about and who he, who the person of Fluff was? I just, I just think that he's the best human being I've ever met. I mean, <laughs> simply, he's just so genuine, so funny, so smart, so you know, just giving and um, just a leader. And it just, just, it's just so sad um, that he's gone. But I just, uh, I, you know, since Friday night, I've, hundred times a day, I think of something that I, that he said, and it just makes me laugh or smile. And just the way he said things, I think I, in our text earlier today, I said, like, like I would say something or we'd talk about something and you go, well, what's he going to do? Yeah. So yeah. Just, I've been saying that to myself, like every hour, it's just, well, what you going to do? You know, I left, so we left Saturday Coleman Coliseum and I had my key. I lost my keys. They, they went back to our news station with somebody then um, our camera bag. And it took me back to the moment this year in Baton Rouge where we were, we were driving from new Orleans to Baton Rouge. Uh, it was Britton Johnson's girlfriend lane. And I, I was in the car and Luke was driving. I put my keys on top of the hood of Luke's car. Oh. and Totally forgot. Went inside to grab something, went back in the car. My car keys are still on top of the car. We're driving through the streets of New Orleans and people are honking at us. And we're like, oh, they recognize Fluff or yeah. they knew we're Alabama basketball yeah. fans. And we go through this big loop-de-loop corridor to get onto I-10 and then Luke's, you know, playing his whatever song. He was all over the place. He, we love listening to his playlist wherever we go. And uh, he's going 80 miles an hour on I-10 and we hear the keys my keys on top of the car come down, down the window into the crevice between the window and the, uh, and the trunk. And I, um, I reach over, I grab him. I'm like, stop the car. <laughs> my keys. I totally forgot. And it was that small moment where I lost my keys on Saturday that I remembered a funny story, you know, of something that happened. Um, and that's going to continue to happen for people like us that knew him really well. And of course, that was a crazy memory. I told him, you know, when we get to the restaurant, we went and met Cecil Hurd at Phil's. I was like, I'm going to buy you a beer. And he's like, okay, I'm going to hold you to it. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> and I wish I did. I wish I'd have bought him a Budweiser. But um, yeah, just all these crazy things from trips and crazy stories. I'm going to I'm going to remember him. And it's going to be especially tough when Bama basketball season comes around next year. Right. We were laughing at Saturday, I think, at the baseball game about the day Luke came walking up with that big cowboy hat on. He goes, boys, I got drunk last night and ordered this on Amazon, apparently, because it showed up at my door today. <laughs> <laughs> that happened after the Auburn basketball game when Bama beat him, not this season, but last season. He ordered two pairs of shoes, and he didn't know what color they were because he was colorblind. Colorblind, yeah. Oh, uh, man. Well, Roger, I appreciate you taking the time to help me uh, share some stories, share some memories. I mean, he was a great guy. He was a close friend of ours, and um, we'll be praying for his family this time. Absolutely. Thanks, William. That's Roger Myers on the Galloway Podcast. Great to talk with him. Great to share laughs, stories, sweet memories, funny memories, all these different things. And that interview is brought to you by WD Marketing Group. 
A Tuscaloosa, Alabama-based marketing firm focused on helping small and local businesses with all their digital, social media, and traditional marketing needs. You can check out WDMG on the web at www.wdmarketinggroup.com. Luke Ratliff was also a big fan of WD Marketing Group and its CEO and founder, Hunter Letson. So please do support WD Marketing Group. I'm going to go now in this time, instead of going around Alabama Athletics, I'm going to share some funny sound bites and bits from when Luke was on the Galloway Podcast for the first time on Episode 4. It was after the Alabama-Auburn basketball game back in 2018. Auburn had beaten Alabama the day before. I had Luke on. I had Chandler Fullman on. So Auburn super fan and the Bama super fan going at it head-to-head. I was kind of the moderator. There were a lot of funny little sound bites. And here are some of my favorites that just embody the spirit of Luke Ratliff and who he was. Bill, I appreciate you having me on your uh, podcast, the Galloway podcast. Uh, as you know, I'm a very busy man. It's hard for me to uh, make time for recreational things in my busy in my busy schedule, but uh, I always make time for the Galloway podcast. It's great to be on here. How are you? And this is your football podcast. And I always joke around with you a lot about it, but I really would like to talk about basketball specifically today. Well, you know, it was a big deal for I've, it was a big deal for the Tigers to finally get the 500 in conference play. You know, they started out in their first six games. They started out two and four, uh, but with wins over Missouri, uh, the powerful Missouri Tigers and uh, Alabama. You know, they really got back the 500. And that's a big on a deal on a Wednesday. Them. Auburn played Missouri on a Wednesday. I'll add. Yeah, that's big. You know, I know a lot of Auburn basketball fans listening to this won't remember this, but. Uh, three years ago, uh, two years ago, really, uh, Auburn lost it on a Wednesday night to Missouri at the buzzer in the SEC tournament. Um, and it's just become a fixture. It's great. It was great to see, you know, if you're an Auburn basketball fan, I know you don't remember it, but it was great to see the Tigers finally beat Missouri on a Wednesday night. Well, you yeah. know, Bill, you know, Bill, I wasn't, you know, I was at the game, so I wasn't able, able to listen to, uh, the ESPN, the fake ESPN broadcast, but uh, I'm sure there was, I'm absolutely positive that there was some parallel between the kick six, one play in football that happened, you know, coming up on six years ago. Uh, I'm sure there was a parallel drawn by Beth Mowens and Jimmy Dykes to the game last night. I'm absolutely positive of it. So I'm sure there was a use for that. And I've been so excited. I've been so happy to see all the people that's getting involved in basketball here at the university. We've got people, I know our last game against Mississippi State on Tuesday night last week, we had 2,500 students, which is a record for Coach Avery's time here at Alabama. We had 2,500 students on the Tuesday night at 7.30 come out for a basketball game, and every one of them was invested in the product on the court. And that's just, as a student leader, the Crimson Chaos, that's that's exactly what you want to see. Uh, follow me on there. Uh, I'm, the content's very bad sometimes, but it's also very good. Also, for those who are listening, uh, if you're ever in Coleman Coliseum, come see me. Come see me. I love, come down and talk to me. I love to talk. I love to meet new people. Uh, just love to uh, be a part of environment at Coleman Coliseum, and I'm glad you had me on your podcast, Bob, to talk about it. Just a couple sound bites that honestly make me 
have no words and anything to say right now. Uh, that's going to do it here on episode 27 of the Galloway Podcast. want to thank you for listening. want to thank Roger for his time. And want to remind everybody that there is a GoFundMe created by Alabama basketball assistant coach Brian Hoxton about two days ago now uh, from the time this is being recorded. There's a GoFundMe on Coach's Twitter page. You can donate there towards the Ratliff family to help cover expenses during this trying time. This is the Galloway Podcast, Episode 71. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the hardest episode ever, and I appreciate you listening, and I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you shared a laugh, shared a tear, celebrating the wonderful, magnificent, impactful life of our dear friend Cameron Luke Ratliff. This is the Galloway Podcast, where there's the right way, there's the wrong way, and there's the Galloway.